Thank you for choosing to listen to our sermon podcast. My name is Chris Mitchell. I'm one of the pastors here at First Covenant Church of Anchorage. If you have any questions or prayer requests, feel free to stop by or send an email to office at anchoragefirstcovenant.com. God bless. Um, I feel really out of order, right? Because we did the offering earlier than where we even used to do it. Um, and so it, it makes me feel just, I don't know, like something's missing right now. And you might be feeling that too. This is not my script. This is just me talking. Um, but that's good. It's good to be off balance sometimes. It's good to change things sometimes. It's good to keep things the same sometimes. But um, you know, one of the reasons why this Sunday we're just trying it out, like, hey, what if we did the offering earlier before we sent the kids out? Because we want to see kids. We want our kids to see us give. We think that's, that's good. It's good for kids to see that. Um, and, you know, the way we had it set up before, they, they weren't going to ever see that. So um, that's why we did that. Just, you know, so we're thinking through these things. Um, you know, we've been taking communion at the end. We're still praying about that, too, because the kids never see us take communion and never get to get walk and experience that with us, too. And we want them, right, to, be, to experience the life of Christ. We want to model that for them. So we're still figuring things out. You know, we're all new. We're all trying. Well, okay, we're not all new, but we are being made new, <laughs> okay? And we are doing the best we can. And uh, this also gives us a, some space, you know, to have some special times, to sing, for people to, to share things. Um, thank you, Olaf, for singing. Um, I promise you we'll get better. We're going to learn the songs, and <laughs> we're going to know how to sing that. But uh, so, yeah, it's good. And... Now Ola's been introduced to the congregation, which is awesome. So make sure that you say hi to him if you haven't had a chance to have a conversation with him. He's a great guy. And uh, we've been blessed that he's been joining us for the past four months or so. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's a joy to have people come to, to be part of our family and to worship with us. Um, so with all that, let me say a quick prayer. Give my nerves over to God and Let's share the word. Holy Father, you're so good. We pray that you open our hearts so that we can receive what you have, what you give to us. Lord, we pray that we're convicted in the right ways, that we're challenged in the right ways, and that we can, can repent in the right ways through your leading, through your guidance. In Christ's name, amen. Um, so, in the fall of 2013, I had my favorite Thanksgiving. And I, I've shared this story once before at church, so some of you have heard it, but um, most of you I don't think I actually have. But in 2013, in the fall, I recently finished seminary, and I was working for my mom, and I was um, helping out in the church as a pastor in residence, which means I was unpaid. And uh, for those that don't know, like my mom, my mom's Korean American, right? And she owns a Korean barbecue place. Um, and uh, so it's Korean barbecue and sushi. And every Thanksgiving, she had just a really large Thanksgiving dinner uh, for her employees. And, you know, she'd invite guests. And Alyssa and I, we were living 
in her town. And so we were going to go to that dinner too. And so we asked, hey, can we invite a couple folks? And you know, she was, of course, she was very generous. And was like, yeah, 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 invite folks. And uh, so Alyssa, she invited a Sri Lankan family that we'd gotten to know. Um, their son was, was friends with my son in school and uh, or in preschool. And so, you know, we were getting to know them. And so we invited them. They hadn't had Thanksgiving before. So like, yeah, yeah, come on over. And um, I invited a uh, Chinese university student that attended our church. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, come on over. Um, and so, so, you know, there was a lot of us at Thanksgiving. All of my mom's kitchen staff was there and uh, they all happened to be Guatemalan. Um, so it was a Korean barbecue place, but the, everybody that cooked them back is Guatemalan. And uh, they all came from the same village. They were, they were friends and yeah. Anyways, the family, it was good. And then, of course, except for the sushi chef, and he was Korean. And then uh, my mom invited her moksunim, which is like um, the, the Korean pastor, and his wife, and another family from their church. And so between all of us, there's like 28 or so people, uh, people from Korea, Guatemala, Sri Lanka, China, and, and of course, Alyssa, who is um, the only white person there. Um, and since there are so many of us, uh, we, we ate at the restaurant. And the restaurant was right across the street from the university. Um, so several times throughout the dinner, college students would like just kind of like walk up um, to see if the restaurant was open. And they'd see people through the windows. And even though the, like, the lights, the signs were off, they would like come in to like, you know, have dinner. And so we just invited them in, like, come on in and, uh, and eat with us. And, and most didn't, but a few did. Um, Actually, I don't think any of the white kids did because I think it was just too different of a cultural experience. But um, but but we had some some other um, of the the international students came in and just joined right in and uh, and it was so it was a huge huge dinner and I have to say that first hour of the dinner was so awkward. It was so awkward because you know like there were so many different language issues. You know everybody had different accents and we're all trying to. You know, like, like English was kind of the common language, but like it was most people's not their first language. And so like we're all trying to understand each other through each other's accents. And uh, but it was good. And, you know, and then the food kind of got served and we started eating and things started to change because we started eating and then we started talking. Um, you know, and then we started laughing and sharing stories and, and there's so many different languages spoken and so many different, different, you know, accents and way people talk and people would say like, Ooh, I like this. Like, like this sweet potato dish reminds me of something from China or, uh, I have never eaten Turkey before. Is it always like that? And, um, and you know, or like cranberry jam, like you just eat the jelly. Like, um, and, uh, so yeah. And, and there was like Turkey and prime rib and uh calbi, which is like grilled short ribs. And that's actually what many Korean Americans eat for Thanksgiving instead of turkey. But um, and mashed potatoes and kimchi and stuffing and gravy and rice and cranberry sauce and homemade breads and all the, all sorts of things. It was fun, and it was amazing, honestly. And to this day, that has been my clearest vision of the kingdom of God. It was so cool. It was so much fun. Um, you know, people from all over. You know, every tribe and nations are going to be gathered, enjoying celebration uh, to worship the triune God. You know, that's, that's going to be the kingdom of heaven. And so that was just like a little taste. And so I think about that Thanksgiving often and the mark that it left on me and hopefully that it left on the other guests as well. You know, there's something special about food. 
and it just breaks down barriers between people. It, it's almost like eating together just creates like this, this bond of intimacy and, you know, and relationship, right? That's why people go on dates and eat, right? So, um, or they don't eat. They're like, oh, well, let's just get coffee, you know, but um, because right, it, it just kind of creates like a co connection and it gives you a chance. Well, we are going to be uh, continuing today in our blessed series, right? When we look at practical ways that we can be a blessing. Um, because in this world of curses, we are called to be a blessing, carrying Christ's redemptive love throughout all the corners of the world. And we don't bless with agendas, right? I keep saying that. We don't bless with agendas, right? We meet every opportunity for blessings on its own terms, right? People aren't projects. Um, we don't bless people to manipulate them in the gospel presentations. But at the same time, at the same time, we bless honestly, right? Out of our love for Christ and his redemptive work in our lives. And so we should not be ashamed to share the good news, like if, if that's the appropriate thing to do at that time. Now, if you're over here for the past few weeks, you know that BLESS is an acronym, right? So we went over B, which stands for begin in prayer. And we, so we pray for opportunities to be a blessing. Um, we pray for, for random encounters where we can bless people and we pray blessings um, for people that God's placed on our heart. L is for listen with care. That's what we did last week. We listen for the prompting of the Holy Spirit. We listen for where we should go and what we should do, knowing that faithfulness in small acts, you know, seemingly insignificant things can lead to larger opportunities. Um, we listen to the needs of people that we meet and we talk to. We listen to their spoken needs, what they say we need, they need, but just as importantly, we listen for unspoken needs. And today, we're moving on to E, which is my favorite of the acronyms. It means eat together. <clears throat> we share a meal. So we're going to spend some time digging into this idea by looking at a scripture passage from the Gospel of Luke. Um, chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. So please read with me. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to know who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today and so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly all the people saw this and began to mutter he has gone to be the guest of a sinner but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord look look Lord here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor and if I cheated anybody out of anything I will pay back four times the amount Jesus said to him today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. The son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Now, this is a familiar Bible story, right? Zacchaeus, the wee little man who climbed the tree to see Jesus. So let's, let's dig in to, to this familiar story. Refresh ourselves. Um, first, no one would have picked Zacchaeus to um, join Jesus' following, right? Nobody would have picked him because Jesus, Jesus was, you know, the Messiah, Right? Promised one from the line of David that free Israel from captivity and lead it to a glorious new future. 
Now, people were still figuring that out. Not everybody believed that, but, they, but many of them hoped it, right? That's why there was a crowd gathered. And Zacchaeus, he was a tax collector. That meant he worked for the Romans. He was an imperial collaborator, right? a traitor to his people. And because of his position, he was rich. Now, it doesn't say that Zacchaeus uh, robbed people, but he was a civil servant that got wealthy. Okay? If you know anything about civil servants, many of them do not get wealthy. <laughs> um, so um, not only is he a traitor working for the Romans, but it seems like he exploits his countrymen as well. No one likes Zacchaeus. And furthermore, furthermore, he was a short guy, right? He was a little guy. And, and there's nothing wrong with being short. Um, some of my favorite people are short. Um, so my mom is, is short. But, um, but remember, in this society, one's physical appearance and state of health was considered to, to like represent a person's character and history. And you can see this in other Bible passages, right? Where when people, you know, were asked about the blind man, like, oh, ooh, who sinned? You know, his parents or him? Um, and, and so to the local populace, Zacchaeus' short stature, short enough that it was actually mentioned, right? That it actually got brought up. It's like visible representation of Zacchaeus' corruption of his sinfulness. So recapping, we have Jesus, Messiah of Israel, the one prophesied to come and restore Israel to its former glory, overthrowing centuries of oppression, and Zacchaeus the traitor, whose very appearance seemed to display the corruption of his heart. And Jesus is traveling through Jericho, apparently uh, word spread about his arrival, so right, there's a crowd there to see the man who might be a Messiah. And for some reason, Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus too. Now, we don't know why, but uh, the crowd doesn't let the short man through. They block him out. You hear that? The crowd of Israelites keeps Zacchaeus away from the Messiah. With their bodies, right? With their bodies, the local people condemn Zacchaeus, right? They deny him access to Jesus. They block him out. But Zacchaeus is undeterred. Luke says that he wanted to see who Jesus was. He wanted to see who Jesus was. He didn't want to just see Jesus wanted to see who he was. Is this guy really the Messiah? Is he a prophet? Who is he? What does that mean for me? Like, gosh, if he's a Messiah, like, I'm going to have to get a new job, right? Like, things are going to change. So, uh, Zacchaeus, this wealthy, despised tax collector, he climbed up on a tree. And, and this is not a thing that respectable adults did, right? Um, I mean, it would be weird today, too, actually. Like, I mean, when is the last time you've climbed a tree? So, Anybody climb a tree in the past year? Any adults climb a tree in the past year? Yeah? Okay. So, okay. Okay. Those are the, okay, guys. Wait, wait. Who, who climbed the tree? That means there's a story. So um, mark those people out. Ask them about that after the service. Uh, but there, there is something that went on there. Okay. People don't just, so most people don't just climb trees. <laughs> um, it's not something that grown-ups often do. Um, but Zacchaeus wanted to know who Jesus was. So he found out. And, and so he climbs up on that tree, and, and Zacchaeus, he calls, Jesus calls Zacchaeus by his name. Well, I keep on saying his name different, right? Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus. Um, but Mr. Z, he calls him by his name and says, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, I'm going to stay at your house. So 
Jesus is voluntarily associating himself with this notorious traitor, right? Right? And, and people, people cannot imagine, like, the, like, okay, wait, this is this is a, this is the guy that we're thinking maybe he's a messiah or at least a prophet and is doing things, and he and he's associating with this traitor, um, right? Because in the society, eating together with someone meant, especially publicly, that you wanted to be associated with them. You want it to be known that there's a bond between there, that somehow you guys were, lives were entwined together. And Jesus offered this to Zacchaeus. In front of a crowd, before any sorts of acts of repentance or contrition, before anything, Jesus reached out to Zacchaeus and he honored him. So whenever... I mean, do you see that? Like, do you see it that Jesus, when he does that, he's telling the world that I am for Zacchaeus. I'm not against him, right? I, I want him to be part of my family. I'm not against him. Zacchaeus, he wanted to know who Jesus was, and he found out, and everybody else found out. Because Jesus is the Messiah, right, that would meet everyone where they are at, Right? That is not willing to condemn anyone that is willing to come to him. Right? No one is rejected that wants to see Jesus. Of course, this turned the town against Jesus, um, but it turns the chaos towards him. Everyone else showed the chaos scorn and hatred. And the chaos worked for the Romans and exploited them back. Jesus showed Zacchaeus love, and Zacchaeus repented. You see the difference? And to be declared, the Bible doesn't say that he repented, at least not with words, but he definitely repented with his actions. Right? He vowed to give half his riches to the poor, to repay fourfold the money he got from cheating and exploiting people. And then Jesus reaffirms Zacchaeus' true identity. Right? Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house. And there's a double meaning uh, because Jesus is Israel's salvation. Right? And so out of all the people in town, salvation comes to the most unlikely household. And he calls Jesus, uh, Jesus calls Zacchaeus the son of Adam, Abraham. He reaffirms um, Zacchaeus' stat status as an heir to the promises of Abraham. Okay, And it's not because of his blood or his genetics, but it's because of his repentance. Because of his, his hunger to see Jesus. Because he wanted to know who Jesus was. And Jesus showed him and affirmed him and said, no, no, you're part of the family. You get to be part of the family. Yeah, I know, I know that everybody else just thinks you're a short little traitor. <laughs> You know, somebody we talk bad about behind their back. But no, you're part of my family. Church, if we want to change the world, if we want to change the city, if we want to change our neighborhoods, we need to change who's at our tables. Who's at our tables? Um, hospitality has always been see, seen as a, a key Christian virtue. And, and there's two sides to hospitality. There's knowing how to invite, and there's knowing how to receive. 
We need to know how to do both, right? So we're gonna look a little bit at both of them. First, hospitality is not being nice to guests. It's welcoming a person and inviting them into your life, okay? Maybe for just a moment, you know, maybe for a day, maybe for a couple hours. Um, and this is kind of weird because over the past few years, we've been told that it's safer not to have people over, right? That's just been our, that's just been the way it's been for the last few years. And I, I don't wanna, you know, that's just it. Um, but many of us, because of that, we didn't know how to be, still be hospitable during that season. Like, how, how do you do that? Um, but, the call, but the calling to hospitality didn't change. We just have to figure out how to adjust. And now things that are reopening up, now our hospitality muscles might be a little bit weak because we didn't exercise them. We no longer know how to welcome people, how to let people into our homes. Um, there's a little hesitation and reluctance, but the call to hospitality remains. I mean, how do you welcome people into your life? It's risky, it's scary, and, and it's, it's, it's dangerous because you don't know what, what, they're, what you're getting into when you invite somebody over. Um, I've had some guests that have been awesome, and I've had some, you know, oh, Lord, <laughs> let me tell you what happened. But uh, that's just what it happens. If you want to change the world, though, if you want to build the kingdom, if you want to bless people, you have to invite them into your life. You have to make space for them. And you have to accept invitations into theirs. That's the other side of it. Um, through the blessing of others, we meet Christ. Hospitality is a gift of the Spirit. And some of us do this more naturally than others, right? But like most spiritual gifts, you know, there are special callings, but everybody has a measure and are accountable for their measure of their gifts. Eating together, joining with other people in simple acts of shared life is part of our calling, right? And it's an act of resistance. It's standing in opposition to principalities and powers of this world that oppress humanity with lies that they're alone and without people and without God. It's an act of resistance. It's saying, no, there is a better way life is supposed to be. So and inviting them into that, to showing them, no, no, you don't have to be alone. You don't have to be by yourself. And hospitality doesn't mean all fa being fancy. It doesn't, you know, actually, if anything, when things get too fancy and too proper, um, it might seem like a way of distancing somebody away from you. So they don't actually get to know you. You're not to not actually share your life, maybe share an imaginary life. <laughs> um, Now, Jesus, he's often the host. Um, and you see that several times in scripture, right? Jesus feeding people that come to participate and learn from them. He fed the 5,000 and 4,000. But even more often, we read stories like um, Zacchaeus. When Jesus accepts hospitality, right? When he accepts what is offered, or in Zacchaeus' case, like, you know, he tells them what's offered. <laughs> and, uh, but Zacchaeus, he honors the giver. And that's still, that's still hospitality, that's another form. Because sometimes being a blessing is inviting people into your life. But sometimes being a blessing is accepting an invitation into somebody else's life. And, and that's hard too, because 
that's uncomfortable. You don't know what you're going to go into. Because even as we um, enter into people's lives, um, you know, whenever we go into their homes, we can be hospitable as well, right? And we do this by accepting what's offered. Um, we need to learn how to receive invitations that are offered. That doesn't mean that, you know, that you have to say yes to everything, but you got to say yes to something. We need to learn how to enter people's lives and homes. And uh, yes, yes, we will sometimes we will do something accidentally wrong. Um, this is just a little story. I remember the first time I had seal. I didn't know I was having seal. Um, I thought it was a beef stoop. And I, uh, so I, I took a bite and it just like, what, what is this? And like, I, I, I did, I almost spit it out. Um, but, and I think the look on my face said it all. And uh, so, but I, I was apologized, like, oh, I'm sorry. I just, I didn't know what I was expecting. It, it, it just surprised me. Um, and I ate my soup. <laughs> Uh, when we enter into real relationships with people, we are going to do things that are wrong and embarrassing sometimes. And maybe we might even be, be offensive without meaning to be. Um, don't let that scare you. Okay? If you make a mistake, don't get defensive. Just, just don't apologize. Try again. Be hospitable by learning how to receive the hospitality offered. And if you're rude, and if you're, it's awkward or weird, like, apologize. Say, I'm learning, I'm trying to get it right. Um, and this is, this is big. You know, offer the help, right? When you're going over to somebody's house, you offer the help. You might be turned down, but as much as you're able, be a, participant in, be a participant in the life of the person that invited you. Um, and sometimes they just want to on, honor you and your offers will be rejected. And that's okay, don't make a big deal about it. But whatever the circumstances, learn how to express your gratitude, right? Of, thank you for letting me into your life. Thank you for letting me, me spend time with you. It's church, we are called to bless. And, and, and though E is eat together, um, it's so much more than that, right? Because eating means so much more than just eating. It's affirming the humanity and worth of one another inviting one another into a shared life, right? That is a blessing. And, and so, um, like we've been doing throughout the sermon series, uh, we're gonna take a, a moment and let's, let's think about hospitality. How have I received hospitality lately? What are the circumstances? To whom am I being hospitable? And as always, I'd encourage you to, to open up your lives to people that are different from you but, you know, if you're like, oh, uh, I don't really have any answers to any of these things. Maybe that's the time to pray. Like, why don't I have an answer to any of these things? Um, what's led me from being hospitable during the season? And sometimes there are good reasons, right? Um, you know, we have a family in church because of amino compromise issues, like they're having to stay isolated. There's no guilt and shame in that. God understands. Um, we're not trying to be legalistic here, but... Uh, no matter what our circumstances, in our circumstances, we should be asking, how am I reflecting the hospitality of Christ as I am able in this season? So I'm gonna set a one minute timer and, um, and then after the timer goes off, I'll close our time in prayer. All right, so take a moment.
Lord, you called us. You called us all to be blessings. Just as you're a blessing to us. Lord, we um, continue to pray for opportunities, for opportunities in our communities, in our relationships, to be a blessing. Lord, we pray that you reveal those opportunities to us and that you give us courage to, to accept your leading into those opportunities. Lord, um, I do pray for, for chances to be hospitable, for being able to, to welcome people into some of our life rhythms and to be able to accept the offers to enter into theirs. Um, and Lord, I, I do pray uh, against self-consciousness, um, and self-doubt and condemnation and self-judgment that keeps us from that. In Christ's name, amen.